This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 22. My assignment today is is not uh, necessarily an easy one. I like, you know, the last few weeks I've been kind of preaching a little bit. I'd get in the middle of teaching before you know it, man, we're out there roaring a little bit, you know, and going, and I don't know that this message can take on that kind of personality, but I do have an assignment today. Uh, tomorrow, of course, in our nation is Memorial Day. It is a very, very important day for this country I'm so thankful that we do uh, recognize Memorial Day. I was reading, I don't know if I have the notes here in front of me, uh, I put them somewhere or other, but, but I was reading where, did you know other parts of the world also recognize our Memorial Day? Some of those parts of the world. I think in the Netherlands, there are 8,000 8, Americans buried there. So there are a lot of American lives that have been engaged in especially foreign wars that those other countries still do remember uh, the sacrifice that our soldiers made. Can you say amen? Amen. I mean, we think about storming the beaches of Normandy and all the different battles and all the different things that happen and uh, how we are really entrenched with certain nations because we fought side by side and a lot of our men and a lot of their men, because it was the men that fought in those days, died together fighting the battles for our peace. And so a lot of those nations, you may not realize this, but a lot of them still recognize our Memorial Day. Um, and you can go to France and see a lot of it there. And there are some other nations. And I mentioned the Netherlands, and of course there are others. So tomorrow being Memorial Day, I have a specific assignment today. Because I'm going to talk to you today about things that we should remember. Things that we should remember. Now, the Bible's very clear there are things we should forget. We should forget about the things behind us, meaning our past, our our old life, our old nature. We need to learn how to distance ourselves from that and not always let that come up again in our lives and trip us up. Amen. The Bible says we should forget about that. Paul said, I forget those things that are behind me and I press forward for the things that are ahead. And, And so... So there are some things we should forget. But I started studying this a few weeks ago. I knew this day was coming, and I thought, what can I say that I haven't said? And I realized the Bible said over 400 times, it either says to remember or it says don't forget. So the Bible is a book of reminders. This Bible is a reminding book. It reminds us of a lot of things that God has done for us, God, our history. Now, Think about the word remind. What does that mean? Well, it means to put something back in your mind. You know, get something back in your mind. And and, and now I want you to think on this again. So it's critical that we do it. 
And so I'm going to share some things from the Bible that will tie all of this together, I believe, today. Father, we thank you for the word we're about to receive, and we receive it with gladness. We are grateful. We are thankful for the word of God, first of all, for your spirit, for your, for your presence, and especially for your son, Jesus, and for our salvation. And Lord, this weekend, especially, we focus on our own nation, and we look back, Lord, and we remember the incredible incredible sacrifices of countless tens and tens and tens of thousands and thousands and thousands of men and women that over these last nearly 245 years that have paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to have the freedoms that we still enjoy today. So we will not be negligent and we will not, we will not forget that. And we will purposely remember that and also remind ourselves of other things that you've told us we should not forget today. Thank you for the anointing on this word for those in this room and those that are listening live and we'll hear it later in Jesus' name. And all God's people shouted. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28. And we're going to look at verse 28 here and read it. It says, remove not. Everybody say, remove not. The ancient landmark which your fathers have set. So there is a need here for uh, this, this, obviously this, this scripture that needed to be written to remind them not to remove some things. Now, what would happen in ancient times, uh, especially during the Bible times, if there was a great battle, if there was a great victory, if there was something significant that happened, they would gather some stones and make a memorial in a place so that first of all, they, those that were there presently could, could uh, eulogize and could pay tribute to what happened. But they also did it for the next generation and the next generation that would come along where they would see it and would be able to remember something significant that happened there. Now, when wars would break out a lot of times, if there was dishonorable uh, people in some of the wars, and of course there always were, they would break those, those walls down. They would break those monuments down, kind of to sneer in their face. The Romans actually had a law against it, and even in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 19, verse 14, there was a law against removing memorials. I mean, you know that. There was a law against it, and that's in your Bible. Because those, those memorials were there once again, as reminders. Everybody say reminders. reminders. Now, not every reminder is a good one. Sometimes things are not good, but we still need to be reminded that they happen. Otherwise, we will forget about the fact that they happen, and then it makes it easier, of course, for history to repeat itself. Now, in our nation in the last couple of years, we've had a lot of chaos, had a lot of chaos for a lot of reasons. Some of it was spurred by just terrible things that happened in front of our nation, right there, seeing somebody, you know, uh, uh, succumb right in front of you and, and the law enforcement side of that. And, but, but, but then we had outbreaks and, and there are people that were disingenuous that took advantage of those situations. And, and with our own cause and did a lot of things. And, and what that does a lot of times, it, it dilutes the real problem and dilutes the real situation. You know what I'm talking about. You know, uh, somebody mentioned the Capitol getting broken into. That was an atrocity. But so was all the burning of cities and all the businesses that got burned by people that that, that wasn't their cause, but other people took advantage of that because they wanted to get notoriety. They wanted to get their, 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 their thing out there. 
but, but, but so, so memorials are so that we can learn and sometimes we can learn how not to do something. That's why you put that memorial there. So these memorials were set up. I wanted you to see that memorials didn't begin here. They began in the Bible. This is a Bible thing. And the Romans had a God, uh, they, you know, they made their own gods up, but they had a God called Terminus. And he supposedly watched over the memorials. And if you tampered with them, then of course you would be dealt with by Terminus, the God. Uh, so, so just to show you, this is something that goes way back beyond the beginning of our nation. But as our nation began, it began in conflict. Our nation began in war. You know, we had the Revolutionary War. We had, we had a lot of things happening that our nation was birthed out of conflict. And if you go up to, especially to the eastern part of our nation and go up to eastern shores where, where a lot of these battles were fought, you know, the Battle of Gettysburg, and we can mention them all, there's so many of them, you can see a lot of the history. And you really get to step back in time. And they're reminders of the struggle that took place for the birth of this nation. If you... Uh, Memorial Day, it was originally known as Decoration Day because they would decorate, they decided to decorate the graves from the Civil War. This is in the 1800s, of course. And they, there was such a great loss of life. I mean, 600,000 plus men died and, and in this war and it was a horrible war and it was terrible. And there's, there was so much that, that happened during that. And not all of those men died from being shot or, or cannonball. A lot of them died from sickness and disease. And famine. There just wasn't, they, they, you know, we, we, they just weren't ready for war. And most of them were 18 to 20 year olds. Now, I don't know if any of you in here got drafted. Anybody in here get drafted? See, there was a time in our country where you got drafted to go in the military. You didn't get to decide whether you went. They, they drafted you. And back in our history, that's the way it was up until the middle part of this last century, all the way through the Vietnam War, uh, you know, you got drafted to go. So a lot of you older military men and women in here, you know what I'm talking about. So these memorials, this goes all the way back to the Bible days. And again, it tells you be careful that you don't remove some of these landmarks because even though some of them are unpleasant, they teach us something. They remind us, oh, no, no, that, that will never. No, no, we, that's something we, yeah, it's a blight against us, but it's important for us to know that it was there. Therefore, we'll make a note of that so that won't happen again. Now, I told you I, I've been to uh, Israel twice. We've been to the city of Jerusalem twice. I've been to the Wailing Wall. We've actually prayed at the Wailing Wall. We've done all the things you can experience in the tiny little country, and it is a tiny little country of Israel. We've been there. And I told you about, we went to, in Jerusalem, they have, and to me, this kind of blew, blew, me, blew me away the first time I went. They said, I, today, our activity is we're going to load our tour buses. Dr. Barkley, we went with him and his, his group. He said, today, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to go to Jerusalem. We're going to go to the Wailing Wall. We're going to see some different things. And we're going to go to the Holocaust Museum. And I thought, they have a Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. And I thought, wow, that is... To me, it was a little strange. But when I got there and we went in, and sure enough, you went in, and there were some artifacts from the Holocaust in this museum, a lot of them, that were reminders of the incredible atrocities that happened during the Holocaust. But I noticed that a lot, we noticed this, some of the military soldiers, and, and, and by the way, if you 
are, and this is true in a lot of countries, but if you are, if you are born in Israel, you will serve in the military. <laughs> and we saw some of these young soldiers going in and out of the Holocaust Museum that weren't on duty, but we knew they were soldiers and they were going in. And it dawned on me, as horrible and as painful and as terrible as what happened in the Holocaust was, they wanted that to be put there so that their people would never, never forget what happened to them during the Holocaust and, and to be sure to guard to make sure it never happened again. And that made those young soldiers feel then a little more responsible for, I will step up if I have to step up because I will never let this happen to my generation. Now, I don't want to get into the politics. I don't want to get into the craziness. I don't want to get into the confusion. But I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to let athletes and Hollywood people dilute the way I look at the flag. Just not going to. They're some of the biggest recipients of the benefits of the flag. Most of them live in big, big, big houses and make big, big, big salaries. And for me, now I'm just speaking for me. This is opinion time in the house of God, but I am the pastor, so I guess you need to know at least what I think. For me, I'm a civilian. I realize I didn't serve, but I have an intense respect for the flag. I just do. I just do because I do understand as a civilian how many tens and tens of thousands of people gave their lives for me to have the freedom to stand on this platform today behind this pulpit and speak into that camera and to speak into your lives and be free to do it because somebody died for me that would never meet me in my life. Now, I believe some of the reasons that people have thought they needed to do certain things around the flag are correct, and those causes need to be promoted. They need to be projected, and they need to be put out there. But I just think when it's time for the flag, that's one moment that we call a timeout, and we just stand together. My opinion. That's just the way I feel about it. I won't change it. And any post you put on Facebook is not going to change it either. Just saying. Just so you know where I'm coming from, I want to be clear as I can be. Amen. Amen. I've done a lot of funerals, and I've seen that flag draped over that casket many times. I've heard taps played out in the distance many times. And you know what I felt like? I just, I just want to bear my heart with you. I felt inadequate. I felt inadequate because I didn't serve, and I didn't, I didn't go into the military. And I thought, I'm, why, why am I standing here doing the eulogy and the memorial service for this soldier when I never even served. But I know God had me do it for a reason. I know God had me there on the spot. I know God had me minister to that family. I know God had me. And if for nothing else is for me to see it from a different viewpoint than even a soldier, for me to see it from another viewpoint. For me to get a different look at it than maybe some of you in the military look at it. And for me to say as a civilian how incredibly, incredibly grateful I am for every man and woman who's ever put on a uniform, I am grateful. And in this nation, when you get into that uniform, it is no longer Republican and Democrat and black and white and brown and all this crazy divisive junk that gets thrown at us every single day. Man, when you're put, put on that uniform, you've taken an oath to defend the Constitution and you know that it could cost you your life. And it's been really real in this country since the Gulf, uh, you know, desert 
Desert Shield first in 90, and then it became Desert Storm, of course, in 91. How do I know that? I pastored during that. And I had young soldiers in our church, and we were in the paint and body shop. And I had young little soldiers in our church. They were probably E2s and E3s. I mean young guys. And, and, and we put stars up on our block. We had block walls. You've heard me tell the story. We had block walls, and we would stick ribbons up on the wall. And we had written on those ribbons the names of our soldiers. And every service we went into, we all turned, and we put our hand towards that wall, and we prayed for those soldiers. They were scared. Let me tell you, they talked to me. They came to me before they shipped out. They said, Pastor, I'm scared. I'm going over into this war. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared. And I could see it in their eyes and I could hear it in their voice. And I remember praying over them there. And then I remembered every night before I would go to bed when the Gulf shield that turned into Gulf War was going on, I prayed over those young guys. And thank God they all came back. Thank God they all came back. We only lost like 148, I think, soldiers in the Gulf War, something like that. Uh, you know, now we've had a lot of things happen since then. I think the number's like 60-something hundred that have died through the Iraq-Afghanistan, you know, conflict and all of that. But, but I said all that to say today that there's some things we just shouldn't forget. Now, Job 24.2 says, why, why seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty? How many of you know that God sees everything? Amen. Do they that know him not see his days? Listen to this. Some remove the landmarks. They violently take away flocks and feed thereof. Now this is in your Bible. This is in a King James Version Bible where God consistently says, do not take away the landmarks. It's an important thing to have them. There are some things that we cannot, we cannot forget. Can you shout amen? amen. Um, when you go to a grave, uh, they initially, um, well, and eventually, when they put up a stone, um, now if you go to a military uh, cemetery, many of you have been to military cemeteries, and there's one not very far from us up here in Kentucky. And, and uh, of course, I, I always mention Arlington, but there are many more other than Arlington. Um, but all the stones are the same. You know, they put them all the same size and, and, and all of that. But they're, called, they're also called markers. Where's his marker at? That's what you say. What, what row? Well, he's in section, you know, H over here, and he's about row number 20, and, and about, you know, his marker is about number seven. Because if you get into a massive cemetery, it's going to be hard to find anybody if you don't look at, you know, a resource to give you an idea where they're at. You're just, you're just probably not going to find them otherwise. And, uh, but they call them a marker. And I always thought about it. So the reason they call them a marker, this stone shows that this individual, male or female, left a mark here on this planet. Their life counted. Everybody say their life counted. And that's the way I, so the first time I went to Arlington, which was in 91, uh, Maria, one of our founding members who still attends at, at Exit One and does the worship over there, Maria got, she was in the reserves and she got called up during the Gulf War and they assigned her to the Pentagon over in uh, Virginia. And we went over and stayed a, two or three days with her and that was our first official trip to Arlington. And I'll never forget my first time when I got out and I started looking it was just this incredibly endless, 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 endless amount of hills 
of markers every single place out there. It was completely overwhelming to me. I'd never seen anything like it. I'd done funerals for a lot of people. I'd been to a lot of cemeteries, but I'd never seen anything like this. It literally took my breath away because I think for the first time, I, I got a, a tiny little sense of the sacrifice that was given for our country. It was a big deal. And then, of course, when we went to the changing of the guard, you know, clicking the heels, and I stood there and just, it was just, I mean, to me, it was just incredibly overwhelming. Now, I've been to Arlington probably since then 10 times. I'm guessing I've been a dozen times in my life. I've been four or five times. I've told you this. I know in times past, I've been four or five times by myself. We've gone to Washington, D.C. for conferences. We've gone over there uh, with wall builders. I don't know if you know wall builders and who they are, but, but uh, we've gone over there with, with that group before, and we've been to Washington, D.C. But I've been a few times where I just got on the metro. How I many of you know what the metro is if you've been to D.C.? I got on the metro, and it won't take you to Arlington, but it gets you sort of in the vicinity where you've got to walk a little ways and you can get over there. So uh, I've gone, every time I go to Washington, D.C., I go to Arlington. On purpose. Because you, here's the reason. I want to remind myself. Because if you don't watch it, your neighbors, people, the world, the newscasters, personalities, somebody will come along and try to change your mind. I don't, I don't need my mind changed. I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded. That's all I need. I don't need you to change my mind. I just need to be reminded of what took place. Can you shout amen? Now, if you'll go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, I'll give you the reasons why we need this. And then we'll transfer over to quickly to some other things that we don't need to forget. We're going to spend the first half of this message talking about our soldiers and talking about our country and talking about them because I think that is fitting. Amen. In this church, uh, it's not as hard to do as it probably would be in other churches. All of you in here are invested into that, that have that background. Now, again, not everybody paid the ultimate price, but every put, everyone who put on a, a uniform signed up to do it. So we're going to honor those that have fallen today, but you know I'm always going to salute those who served anyway. Because that's the way it should be. A country just cannot, we cannot function, we cannot survive, we can't maintain, maintain our way of life without the military. It's just a fact. You don't think you need the military, you take it away and find out how fast you need the military. Just like the police. Weed out the bad ones. Make sure everybody knows that everybody gets treated the same way all the way across. Fix that. But you don't get rid of the police. You know, re, make sure and retrain. I'm, I'm 100%. It's about time we got some stuff fixed. I'm all for the fixing. No way anybody should be pulled over just because their skin color is a different color from another person's. I, I'm 100% in agreement with that. I'll fight for that all day long, every day. But, but going back over to the military, we got to have the military. Now, I read this, and, I, and they said the only people that rest from war are those who die. Only the dead. I, someone smarter than me said only the dead actually rest from war because they, they're the only ones that have, have seen the end to it. 
As long as we're on this planet until Jesus returns and puts his government up on this planet for a thousand years, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And you better have a military. And you better have a presence. And you better have a people. And you better have people that support that military and, and get behind their military and wave that flag and cheer them on and get on their knees and pray for them and cry out for their families and help their families that are left behind. Because you could fall overnight just like that. A whole nation could fall overnight just like that. Just like that. We assume too much. We assume that we got it all going on. We were all that in a bag of chips. Okay. But if we slack and if we forget and if we pull back and if we draw back and we don't support the military and give them all the, the things that they need to be successful, we'll find out how quickly it can change. I mean, in Vietnam, that should have been over in a week. But we had a lot of dissension back here. We had, we had a lot of weakness here. We, just didn't, we didn't give the soldiers the training. We didn't give them what they needed to do their job. We, we didn't allow them to do their job. And so 58,000 soldiers perished. And how many more? I think the number now is in the 70,000, 80,000 of, of soldiers that have died from that war just from suicide. And things like that, that they suffered after they, after they came back. There was no PTSD back then. They came back and they were told, all right, get back over there and get in line to go get a job, you know. That's about it. And then nobody gave them a job. Amen. Why are you talking about this? I'm about to tell you. Are you ready? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12. This is Peter now. He's, he is now considered the chief person of the church. He said, wherefore, I will not be negligent. This is what I'm saying to you today. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. So again, one of the jobs of a pastor or a preacher is to remind you of things you already know and to make sure that you're still established in those things and established in the truth. Why do I keep preaching faith to you and, well, he's going to preach faith again. We've heard that for the last 30 years. Well, if I'm here 30 more years, you're going to hear it some more. Because I'm not going to be negligent to put you in remembrance to help you establish what the truth is. I, and that Pastor Ginger said earlier, people think they outgrow you as if I can't preach something else, as if I can't preach on a higher level. Well, I could, but what good is that? I'm here to help you. I'm not here to show off and to, all that kind of craziness, build myself up. You know, like I said, some people have two songs in their repertoire. How great I art, how great I art. And then, of course, I exalt me, I exalt me. It's only two songs they even know. My job is to put you in remembrance. When I go to my pastor and I go to hear Dr. Barkley a lot, I've heard Dr. Park Barkley now for so many years I, he preaches on the road a lot. If you preach on the road, you're preaching a lot of the same sermons all the time because you're preaching to people that haven't heard it. But if you're following on the road, you've heard every one of them. I go in there and I hear the same, and I'm like, yes, hallelujah. I need to be put in remembrance, amen? Look at verse 13. Peter went on to say, yes, I think it meet or necessary. It's an old English word, meet. I think it's necessary as long as I'm in this tabernacle. He was talking about his body. Peter said, as long as I'm in this body to stir you up 
by putting you in remembrance. Amen. Amen. So you know what happens when you put somebody in remembrance? It stirs them up. I'm trying to stir you up about your country today. You ought to be thankful. You ought to be appreciative. You ought, you ought, to, be, you ought to be prideful in the good sense about your nation and about your country. Of course we have problems. Of course there are things that definitely need to be fixed. Of course there are serious blights in our history. But it is part of our history. And it helps us to grow, to see the picture bigger and brighter and better, to understand it, to look at it and get a grip and go, oh my God, how far. And, and also, if you see how dark it was at one point, it's really good to see that still so you can know how far you've come. Now, I was born in 58. I don't remember this, but when somebody can't drink from the same water fountain as another person because of the color of their skin, can't sit at the same lunch counter, can't ride in the same bus, what kind of craziness is that? That's crazy stuff. We need to be reminded that that was only 60 years ago. Why do we need to be reminded? So we won't do that again. And we won't, we won't allow that again. We won't, we're not going back there. When we went to Memphis on our honeymoon the first time, and when we went back on our 25th anniversary, I told you this, we stayed at the Peabody. How many of you have ever stayed at the Peabody? It's a big deal to stay at the Peabody. It was, we could, in those days, even at our 25th anniversary, we couldn't afford it, but somebody gave us the money to stay at the Peabody for three nights. That's a, that was a big time deal. We stayed at the Peabody. Man, that was a big deal. Watch those little ducks walk out of the elevator. You know if you've been there what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about real ducks. I mean, they walked right out of the elevator. Somebody said, ducks? Yeah. Nobody stepped on them. So anyway, not while I was in the elevator. But uh, across from, not very far from the Peabody, is the MLK Memorial Museum. And you have the Lorraine Hotel. You have it all right there. We took it in. Now, I knew this history. I've studied this before. I've read the books. I've, I've got books back there in my office that you can look at. I, I, but, but it was almost like we were there for our 25th anniversary, but also while I'm here, I want to be reminded. What am I doing? I'm reminding myself. There's a memorial set up for a reason. Are you listening to me? Now, it would be like us making a little bit of a, tra now, now kind of transferring into the second part of this message, which is only going to be a few minutes more. Just so you'll sit comfy. Sit. Everybody do this. Twist a little. <clears throat> get a little more comfortable. If you need to get up and stretch a second, it's okay. The heart can only receive what the butt can endure. I understand. All right. Now, let's, let's move this now that we've talked. I, th I think in this congregation, you get it. We need to be thankful for our nation, and we need to never forget the sacrifices. I think you understand it. Let's now start tying this in with our own personal lives a little bit because how many of you have photo albums that were passed down by a grandmother or a, a, a relative that's no longer here but they passed them down or they've given you some of their pictures? Aren't those things priceless? Yes. I love it. I don't know, I don't know if Gene, Gene, are you still in here? There's Gene, I love Gene, Gene Collins. That's Gene, Gene, the dancing machine right back there. Uh, Gene's always posting pictures from his like his junior high and high school and college days. And I love it. I always put a like on what Gene puts out there. He's showing, these are cool pictures, man. I mean, they're from days past. 
And there are pictures that I wouldn't see otherwise, obviously. So he's kind of sharing that and I, I enjoy it. But you know how it is when somebody breaks out the old photo album. And isn't it amazing how for just a few minutes those people come alive again? Oh, there's grandma. I remember she used to do this. And man, I, I got one of my grandma on my, my daddy's side. I look at her and I go, oh, <laughs> turn the page on that one, man. <laughs> that, Lord was, that woman was scary, man. I don't want to see that woman. Don't conjure her up again, praise God. I finally escaped from her, praise God, you know. But, uh, but uh, you know, for a few minutes, those people come alive again because you have that picture, which is like a memorial. You're, you get reminded of them, and, and, and a lot of times it is good stuff. You'll remember, man, I can just smell those pies she used to make right now. Ooh, I just remember that pudding. She was the best one. That cornbread make you want to slap somebody, you know. That, that one grandma I was telling about, I was a little scared of, but she could make some blackberry jam. That woman, I, we'd be going down the road. She'd say, pull the car over. They'd pull the car over. Next thing you know, we're out there in the middle of these briar bushes picking blackberries right on the side of the road, you know. And she made blackberry jam and blackberry this and blackberry that. And, black, I, and she made biscuits on a wood stove. How many of you even know what that is? <laughs> and man, we'd eat that blackberry jam. So for a few minutes... Those things come alive. Those things are important. There's, those things are important. So, um, in the Bible, let me give you a scripture and then we'll move into that. Go back to Joshua real quick. Let me pick this verse up. I think it's important for you to see it. And then we'll get right on into this other part. And then we'll get out of here just in time for you to have barbecue. For some reason, that's what everybody thinks about. I was at Memorial Day and July the 4th is barbecue. I don't know. Of course, I don't think you have to have an excuse to have barbecue. <laughs> Amen. Now that Dr. Fryer's not here, I can talk about these things today. He's probably watching. Hi, Doc. I'm still on my regiment. See? Joshua. And let's go to chapter uh, four. And... They're getting ready. They have just passed over the Jordan. This is a big deal. Uh, God helped when the priests touched, you know, they had the Ark of the Covenant. When they touched the water, their feet touched it. The water parted just like it did for the Red Sea. This is a big deal. It's, it's showing the children of Israel that even though Moses is gone, God's not gone. Now, now hear me real clear on this. I may have said something similar like this to you recently, but hear it. There can be people walk out of your life. It won't matter as long as you have God. Well, he's not here anymore. She's not here. It doesn't even matter. Long as you've got God, it doesn't matter. The miracles kept happening after Moses went up. The miracles kept happening. Jesus said, when I go to the Father, greater things will you do. Because I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. The devil will tell you when somebody walks out of your life, leaves your life, dies, deserts you, turns traitor on you, whatever. What are you going to do now? You're not going to make it now. Honey, it was never about them anyway. It's about God and you and you and God and God and you and you and God. Amen. Now, so they have walked over on dry ground, it says. You don't have to read it, but it is there in chapter three. If you go back and read the last few verses, just like it happened with the Red Sea, just like it happened, God parts the waters, they walk over, the ground is dry, and then 
in verse 3 in chapter 4, Joshua says, he commanded them saying, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, their feet stood firm, 12 stones and you will carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. And then you go down and you realize that they build a memorial there where, they, where this parting of the Jordan was to remind the generations. But, but I want just, to just want to show it to you again, verse 6, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? So, so again, memorials are teaching places. Amen. They are teaching places. That's what God intended for there to be when there was a memorial. Verse 7, that you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. In other words, God said this is a lesson. It's a moment. That's what memories are made for, these memorials, so you do not forget. Everyone say, do not forget. I told this little story about an elderly woman who died. She never married, and so she requested that there be no male pallbearers. She never married. She said, nah, and she wrote out all of her requests before she died. She said, I don't want any male pallbearers. And they thought, why did she say that? And then they read down and read, read at the bottom. She said, they wouldn't take me out when, they, when I was alive, and they're not going to take me out now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, so I'm going to give you a quick list. Here's some things that we should always remember. We mentioned number one. I'm going to give it to you again, but let's put it down again. We should always remember what the soldiers have done for us. John 15, 12, and 13 says, no greater love has a man than this than he lay down his life for his friends, much less someone like me, a stranger. We should never forget what the soldiers have done for us. Number two, we should always remember what our loved ones have done for us, especially for those who've gone ahead of us. Their legacy rests on us. Everyone say their legacy. I keep talking to you about this thing, legacy. If you have someone important in your life and they have died, you have the opportunity to make their legacy even better by the way you live and the things you do because you are associated with them. So you can't just, well, it's just my life. No, it's not just your life. Your decisions are impacting people present and they'll also even impact the impact the memory of someone in the past if you become a no good louse they're going to say well poor poor betty over here she died it's a good thing she didn't see that son of hers and what he became you see how that that's affecting her legacy even though she's gone so we got to be responsible go to deuteronomy chapter 4 deuteronomy Chapter 4. And let's look at verse, uh, verse 7. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? Now, this was the children of Israel. We could claim this for America today. And what nation is there so great that 
has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I've set before you this day. Only take heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which you have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Listen to this. But teach them to your sons and to your sons' sons. So he talks about here about how we should remember what our loved ones have done and we should build that memorial so we can teach it to our grandchildren, to our sons' sons. Amen. When, when I pass, and that's going to be 58 more years plus, because I'm, I'm only halfway, a little over halfway done at 62. Amen. But when I pass, I, I want my children to walk by and I want them to say, I'll tell you one thing about my dad. He was this, he was that. And I want it to be, I want it to be positive things. Amen. 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 But we should never forget what our loved ones have done for us that have gone on before us. I keep bringing up my little old mama to you guys all the time. She's been gone for 28 years. My mama didn't accomplish anything in her life. She had an eighth grade education, failed twice at marriage, uh, had a, a son out of wedlock, lived in a squalor all of her life, died in a hospital, had nothing left but a few sticks of furniture that we couldn't give away when she died. Well, you know what? Bless the Lord God Almighty. I'm her son and I'm going to build on that legacy. She's going to have a legacy because they're going to say... He's Mildred's son. That's Mildred's son right up there. That one up there, that's Mildred's son up there. And I'm not going to forget what my mama did. She made a lot of mistakes, but my goodness, she gave me life. And I'm here. Number three, we should always remember what the word of God has taught us. Now, I'll give you some scriptures to write down. I'm very familiar on this one. Proverbs 4, 20 through 24 talks about my son attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Let them not depart from your eyes, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. It says that in chapter 4, verse 20, if you read on down. So he says here, don't forget the word. Now, if I have to choose the word of the world, the word of my neighbor, the word of my relatives, the word of the sports personalities or the newscasters, over, between that and God, they are all losing let God be true and every man a liar, the Bible says in Romans chapter four. Let God be true. But we need to never let the word of God slip. The reason you need to come to church is you need to keep hearing the word. Yes. Didn't say faith came from seeing the word. Yes. Said faith come from hearing the word. Yes. It's not enough just for you to read your Bible at home. You ought to read your Bible at home. But faith comes by hearing. You need to hear somebody preaching the word. It says how shall they hear unless they have a preacher? Some people think they're, some people are self-anointed and self-appointed and think they can teach themselves. Every human being on planet earth is built to have a preacher somewhere in your life that can speak into your life, that can preach to you, that can put some faith in you. I don't care how grand and glorious you think you are as a believer. There's a reason I still go to conferences after 45 years of doing this. There's a reason I still go. I still sit there. I still listen. You'll notice every time anybody ever walks in here and preaches and I'm sitting there, I got my notebook out and I'm taking note after note after note. And some of the things they're saying, I've heard a thousand times, but I'm taking that note. My God in heaven, I don't ever want to forget the word. I don't ever want to forget what's going on. I don't ever want God to cut off the flow to me. I don't ever want to become unteachable. When you become unteachable, you become unreachable. Can you say amen? Number four, we should always remember how many times God has delivered us. 
Somebody in this place shout amen. amen. My Lord, God has delivered us so many times. Psalms chapter nine, I'm gonna run over there real fast and throw this verse out on you. We're gonna get ready to wind down here in about five or 10 minutes and start on the home stretch, but stay with me a little while longer. Psalms chapter nine, verse seven, uh, uh, 17. Psalms nine, verse 17. Uh, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. We should never forget how many times God has delivered us. Don't ever forget God. This nation right now is trying to forget God. I don't know if you realize that. They're trying to erase God from our, they erased him from our schools, supposedly tried. They're trying to erase him from everything. The Bible says here, let me read it to you again. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. May that never be true about the United States of America. May we never allow our politicians, our leaders, our family members, or anybody else cause us to forget God in this nation. The Bible says you'll be turned into hell. That's what the Bible said. You know, Lord, help me say this the right way. Who is fashioning your beliefs? Why do you believe the way you believe? Why do you say what you say? Why do you stand for what you say? Where are you getting that from? We need to be getting it mostly from here. From this right here. Not from any other source. I've made a lot of my family, do you understand that I've made a lot of my family mad over the years because of what I stand for, what I believe? Do you understand that a lot of them won't even deal with me, that they're completely alienated because of what I believe and what I stand for? But you know what, at the end of the day, I don't care. I'm standing on this. I don't have to stand with you just because you're my family member and you're wrong. I'm not standing with you. I'll love you, pray for you, but I'm not standing with you. We need, to, we need to really, honestly, all of us need to be very, very, very introspective and say, why do I even believe what I believe about this or that or any subject? Anytime I see myself getting skewed and pulled away by, that's why I try to cut those voices off because I, I don't want you to pull me. Take heed what you hear. I don't want to hear that. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has, they're wanting to pull you. They're wanting to absorb you. They're wanting to take you into their, to their little deal. Maybe I will preach today. Number five, we should always remember where our prosperity comes from. Go to Deuteronomy 8 real fast. Everybody say Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book of the Pentateuch or the book of the law. The first five books of the Bible that were written by Moses, which is incredible in itself. Now, here we are in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to read verses real fast, so you're going to have to get in here and run with me so we can get these verses in real fast. Um, Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. And you shall, everyone say remember. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you, to know whether what to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he says here, you got to remember. He was telling the children of Israel, remember when God took care of you. All right, go down to verse, uh, we could read it. You need to read this whole chapter at home, by the way. You ought to go home and read this at home. Homework right there. Verse 11, beware that you forget not. Say, forget not. Forget not the Lord your God and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command you this day. Go down to verse 17. 
and you will say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. See how smart I am? Look at all this I got. Look at what I did. Look at what I accomplished. Look at me. 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 They all come to me. I handle millions. I'm the big guy. Nobody gets anything without me. I'm the cheese. Verse 18, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore unto your fathers as it is to this day. Verse 19, here's what happens if you start talking about yourself and you, and you don't give God the credit. Verse 19, and it shall be if, if you do it at, do at all forget the Lord your God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day you will surely perish. Can you shout amen? Every time I talk about the blessings of God, I can tell you where it came from. It came from heaven. Well, it wasn't God that got out of bed this week and went in and punched the clock over at the factory where I worked. That was my butt that went over there. Yeah, but it was his breath in your body. And if you don't think it matters to have his breath in your body, go out to the graveyard today and see how many of them are checking in for work tomorrow because they're not because they don't have breath in there anymore. You can give yourselves a lot of things, but you can't give yourself your own breath. That comes from God. We're preaching a little now. Number six, we should always remember where we were when God saved us. Woo! I don't know about you, I was a wreck. When God, go to Psalm 40 real fast. Psalm 40 real fast. How many of you remember where you were when God saved you? Now, I was only 17 years old and I was already in trouble. It's pretty bad when you fouled up your life so bad by the, by, by the age of 17, it's almost, uh, you almost can't fix it. When you're, when you're 17 and you mess up that bad, that's pretty bad. That's where I was. Look here in Psalm 40, verse one. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and I, and I heard my cry. He brought me up out. Everyone say, he brought me up. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, Set my feet upon a rock, establish my goings, put a new song in my mouth, even praise. Everyone say, brought me up. Brought me out. That word miry clay there, it was a figurative, you know, uh, use of words, of course. They didn't literally, he didn't literally pull them out of, you know. But in the Hebrew, it means noisy and confused. In other words, God brought me out of a noisy and confused life. How many of you were, your life was noisy and confused when you got born again? But don't you ever forget that. You should tell your testimony to somebody almost every day. It, it, whether it's the waiter down here at the, at the restaurant where you're going, whether it's your next door neighbor, which is the person you work beside, every day you should say, you know what, I tell you what, I used to be a mess, but thank God for his mercy. Thank God he saved me. Because you're reminding yourself. Can you shout amen? amen? Number seven, we should remember those who are suffering. I'm not going to turn there, but go to Hebrews 13 and 3. It's just one of many, many examples of people that we should never forget that while we're in here this morning, there are a lot of people suffering elsewhere that are going through hell, that are going through divorces, that are going through sicknesses, that are going through all kinds of miseries and going through. We should never forget that. Because God saved you to help people. God saved you to reach the hurting, to make a difference. The, 
the reason if you're new to this church and you say, what is faith outreach about? Well, we're about preaching faith, Romans chapter 10, but we're also, that word outreach, we get that from going over to Luke chapter 14 where there was a man who had a great supper and he bid many to come, but people didn't fill up the house. He said, then go out and get, you know, go out and get the lame and get the poor and get the maimed and get the halt. He said, go out and get everybody that no one else would want. Get all the people that nobody else cares about and nobody else will reach and bring them into my house. That's one of the reasons this church exists. We, as a congregation, need to do a better job of reaching those hurting people and getting them into the house of God because if they get in here, faith will get on them and faith will get in them and faith will fix them. Can you shout amen? Number eight, how many do you have of these? I'm not telling you, but we're close. Number eight, we should always remember those whom God placed in our lives that have helped us along the way. I'm shocked, not really so much anymore, how quickly people forget when you were there for them. It's stunning how easily people can brush off someone that held their hand uh, during a crisis, during a horrible time, walked them through the grave when a loved one died, did, you know, was at the hospital for them, prayed them through, counseled them, talked to them, gave money out of your own pocket to them at times. I'm shocked at how easily People dismiss those things and they totally just let those things go. Paul was not that way at all. If you read his letters, it's really interesting. I could cite a bunch. I won't give you, I, well, I could give you, could read it. Uh, Philippians 4, 16, 17, he talks about the church at Philippi. But Paul actually named a lot of names of people that helped him. Paul, Paul made a note of people that were there for him when he needed help. And by the way, didn't have a personal motive. If someone helped you and their motive was to be able to say they helped you, they didn't help you. They were trying to build something for themselves. How foolish are you to believe, well, they helped me through this and they helped me through that. And how many times did they remind you that they helped you through this and they helped you through that? Because if they reminded you more than once, they didn't help you. It was all about building a platform for their own selves. It's time for the truth to come out. It's time for eyes to be open and scales to come off and ears to be open to the truth, not to summation. Amen. I don't have any motive up here this morning other than I want to see you helped. I want to see you blessed. I want to see your family strong. I want to see you see your children and your children's children. I want you to be able to have so much you can leave an inheritance down the line, make an impact on the world around you, do some great things for your family, enjoy the life you have on this earth, get every single day that you can possibly get out of this life, do, have a legacy that you leave behind and make a difference on this world. That's what I want for you. That's all I want for you. Verse and number nine, I should say, number nine. And we're going, to be, we're going to close with this. We should always remember the effect sin has on us when we leave it unchecked. Now, that is a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, all of us have to deal with sin. Just because you get saved does not mean that you won't deal with sin. You will deal with sin. Just because you get saved doesn't mean you won't fall into a sin or, or, or commit a sin. But the idea is to grow beyond, as you do this, get, you grow beyond some of these things and you get beyond them and you begin to be the master. They don't master you anymore. 
But when you do get engaged in a sin or a sin gets into your life, that you check it. And you go straight back to God and you get it fixed and you repent and say, God, I'm, if I have to come back to you, to, I'm, I'm not stopping until I get this fixed. This, we're, I'm, not gonna, I'm not just going to sit here and permit it. Because we're in a time now where a lot of churches are letting that just flow out and telling people, it's okay, honey. It's all grace. It's just, it's good. But that's not what the Bible says. There's a lot of caution in the Bible. Let me give you one that's in red letters. From the book of Luke, it's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. It's not Jesus wept, but it's almost it's three words. Jesus said in Luke 17, 32, remember Lot's wife. That's all he said. One verse, remember Lot's wife. By the way, if you read the previous verses, he talks about all the stuff people on this planet are going to be doing in the last days. He talks about wars and rumors of wars. And he makes reference to Sodom and Gomorrah, which just happened to be where Lot and his wife were at, out of the will of God. And God, because of Abraham, this is why you need people that know how to intercede for you, because Abraham interceded for them. God gave them an escape route. They wouldn't have had it without Abraham. They would have gone down in the city. But God went before, Abraham went before God and got God to, to, to keep on, to get this number down so at least I can get my family out. And God said, there's one condition that when they go out and that city begins to burn, tell them not to look back. When they go out, their heart has to go out with them. They can't leave, have part of their heart back there. When they walk out, they got to walk out of there and just keep right on going. And Lot did it and apparently his children did it. But his wife, as she's going back, she had to look back to see what she was leaving. And the Bible says the flames burned her up. And Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Red letters. And if that's not for today, then neither is anything else in the Bible. Can you shout amen? amen. Most churches today will never talk to you about sin because they're afraid they'll offend you and, and hurt, your, hurt your little feelings. You know, and your little feelings will get hurt and your little feelings and... And you just go, I'm just going to go over there because Brother Doodad, he won't say that. Well, okay. But Brother Doodad won't be able to deliver you when the city starts burning either. Because Brother Doodad's going to be burning in there with it if he doesn't watch it. Can you shout amen? So this Memorial Day, let's remember, first of all, our soldiers those who made the ultimate sacrifice. I, again, men and, of course, women that died for my family who would never meet my family so that my family can live in a great and peaceful nation. Amen. What a mind-boggling thing. What a mind-boggling thing. I don't know growing up, listen to me, I don't know if there have been three people on planet Earth that would have died for me. My little old mama would. There's no doubt my mama would. She didn't have anything else, but she, my mama would have died for me. I know that. Probably my sister. I had, I had five sisters. I was only raised with one because four of them got given up for adoption to an orphanage before I was even born. So I didn't get raised with that group of sisters. But the one I was raised with, she really loved me. And I, she'd have probably done that. But these are people that knew me. These were people that had an investment in my life. 
These are people that, that were connected to me. So that's a big deal in itself that you would die for someone you know, but for you to die for someone that you don't know and you'll never meet, and you don't know whether they're going to be a good person or a bad person. You don't know if they're going to do right or do wrong, but you die for them. That's what Memorial Day is all about. That's what we can't forget. That's why we have to salute. That's why I salute the flag and I salute the soldiers and I certainly salute the fallen and just every day go, I mean, my gosh, I wake up and I'm married to a beautiful woman. I live in a decent home. I have cars that'll get me where I'm going. I got enough money to buy a meal if I need it. Uh, I get to preach to the greatest people in the world. I have a church here. And all of this because of what? Because somebody who didn't know me gave me the opportunity to become who I am. So if that's true, and it is true for all of us, don't blow the opportunity. Walk with God. Become everything God wants you to be. Do the best you can. I heard this story about when they were building the Taj Mahal, that the Shah there or whatever they call him. Um, His wife died. And the reason the Taj Mahal was built, he built it as a tribute to her. And he had her coffin there. And he he told them, I want you to build this spectacular, uh, you know, edifice, this spectacular building. And it's all going to be in tribute to her. And they started building it and they got pretty far along and he came to visit one day and he saw this wooden box there and he told them, he said, what in the world is that doing? And this thing is beautiful, it's spectacular, it's gorgeous, get rid of that. And someone had to point out to him, by the way, your wife's in that box. Because see what happened was he forgot why he was even building that thing. He was building it for her, but suddenly it became about him. And it was all about a place for her to be laid to rest that was beautiful. We need to make sure that we memorialize people, keep their memories alive, always, always address that. If there's anything that, that in the past that we need to make sure we don't repeat, we can look at that and go, that, oh, oh, that, uh, no, that's not going to come again. Amen. Amen. And then just remember the things that God's given us to remember that are so good. Re, everyone say, re-mind myself. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at adoseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again. Thank you.